Welcome to Throne of Beer, TV, and Movies. I'm Mark. I'm Michelle. And we'll have a little bit of update on Blood Moon, or whatever they're calling this prequel to Game of Thrones. What all have you gotten so far? Well, it looks like they're uh, finding signs. I guess this happened during Game of Thrones, too, where they had signs up for certain things. So they've got these yellowish looking signs and they got pictures of mammoths on them with an arrow so people are thinking that there's definitely going to be mammoths so my question is are the mammoths going to take the place of the dire wolves and be seen like three times <laughs> and everybody's going to be going crazy again yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me but you know that would be a good thing so back to Blood Moon is still the world's descent from the golden age to its darkest hour. And there's more filming like in Italy at, it's called Gra uh, Grotta del Turco. And it's this large crevice between two rocks that go into the water. So they've already asked for a certain amount of time to film in that spot. And then that's that cave system that we've talked before in I think Ireland, that's still up. They're still saying the same thing about that area, saying that they've requested it to be um, used for filming for a few days or so. So off limits to everybody. <laughs> yes, it'll be off limits to everyone. So it looks like they're doing some of the same things that they did with original Game of Thrones, which was put up barriers in certain areas so people can't see, you know, stuff. It looks like it's kind of going the same direction in that, just in that sense, though. Well, so can we get some time travel so Cersei can see her elephants then? They'll just be hairy ones? <laughs> They'll be hairy, really hairy ones. Yeah. So, but that seems to be all that's really taking place at this point. Okay, well, tonight I'm... Um having a modern times fruit lands right now 4.8 percent Berliner Weiss with um, guava and passion fruit it's pretty damn fabulous good. yeah I think I gave it four and a quarter it's really tasty the fruits really come out and just a little bit of salt in the back end really nice and you're having north coast it's the Berliner Weiss uh, the tart cherry and we've talked about it before. It's fabulous. Yeah. Most of the things that they make is fabulous. Yeah, North Coast is pretty damn good. And those Berliner devices, first time I saw them in a clear bottle, I was like, what the fuck? But since they don't use hops really, um, they can put them in the clear bottle and it won't skunk or anything. So it's okay to buy those in a clear <laughs> bottle. Usually you buy beers in clear bottles, they're shit. But those come in four packs, and yeah. but they are fabulous. So, we will discuss the Night of the Seven Kingdoms book. We're going to do pages 52 to 74. It was the from the first day of the tourney until the asterisk air off area, which technically I think leads into the second day of the tourney. So, you know, they're getting ready. Dunk really had no appetite and. But he's, he enjoys kind of listening to Egg talk about all the nights, you know, thinking maybe he's going to be able to pick up something and give him a little bit of an edge somewhere along right. the line. And he realizes that Egg really did know his shit. He does. He knows so, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a huge crowd. So, well, Dunk, since he's so big, just elbows his way up in there and throws a little Egg up on his shoulder so he can watch and... You know, get a better view yeah. there. Otherwise, all he's going to see was butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what he said. I'll see a bunch of arse. <laughs> and um, he notices so Prince Baylor up there. That this is kind of interesting. You know, he's dressed. He's dressed more simply than most of the other lords. Mm -hmm. You know, and he is the next in line next to the in throne. Line. Yes, he is. So he isn't, you know, quite so brass as a lot of the Targaryens seem to be but um, Egg does mention that he favors his mother a Dornish princess he has dark hair right so that's why he's a little bit different than the other Targaryens doesn't have the 
It doesn't mention anything about his eye color, but I assume they're not the purple either. And definitely yeah. not the blonde or white hair. Seems like he's got the more laid-back personality that the Dornish definitely have compared to a lot of the other, you know, right. houses. The houses of yeah. the Seven Kingdoms. And then they start off with five champions. They, um, Lord Ashford, his sons are considered both champions. And then they go with a few... A familiar, familiar last name here, Leo Tyrell, mm-hmm. Lord of Highgarden, and um, Sir Arlen always called him Leo Longthorn, which would go with Highgarden, obviously, and then there was Sir Humphrey Harding from the Vale mm-hmm. of Arran, so there's a mention of a familiar place, and then Prince Valar, the king's grandson, and Baylor Breakspear's son. Or no, he was, yeah, Valar is um, Baylor's son. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, so they bring in some other ones to kind of pair up with those five, and they kind of go along and choose them. So we get a few more familiar names and areas. We got the Grey Lion of Casterly Rock, who yep. pairs up against Tyrell. And then there is um, Sir Tybalt Lannister, mm-hmm. who is the heir of High or Casterly Rock, so he must be the son of Grey Lion or something or brother. And he takes on um, Ashford's oldest son, I think, I believe, yeah, Andro. And then Lord Tully of River Run, yeah. another familiar name, takes on Sir Humphrey, and then. Sir Abelard Hightower, who takes on Prince Valar. And then we got the last one is pairing is Sir Lionel Baratheon. Hmm. The Laughing Storm. Yep. Who is takes on um Sir or um Lord Ashford's youngest son, Robert. So and during their little face off, Robert the youngest one fought so well they end up breaking off nine lances before you know anybody was knocked off their horse and yep. finished it so so that was quite a viewing for everyone to yeah. see when i said like on the first go round, all 10 lances were broke yeah so they, they did some pretty good pairings up there i believe sounds like that would be quite interesting to see on screen but if we ever get this story who knows yeah there's no talk of this story at all right so then we end up with um three more challengers to the three champions who pulled through so we got um some names we haven't really heard before we got sir pierce of house karen to go up against lord tyrell sir joseph of house malister against Sir Humphrey, and then Sir Gawain of House Swan against Valar. Well, Dunk thinks that Gawain is eh, probably too old to be doing this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he even is thinking that he, he looks older than the old man who is dead. <laughs> it's also, uh, I think he's starting to get into his mind that it looks like it's a setup. Yeah. Anybody that goes up against Valar is the weakest opponent. Yeah, either the weakest opponent or they're just gonna fall really pretty quickly. Yeah, and yield. And then um, <laughs> there's a mention of when Gawain falls off his horse, he yields and says, "Well fought," and then all the lords agreed with it. <laughs> and Egg's like, "It was not either," you know. <laughs> so yeah, I, you really get some interesting insight into Egg in this section I believe yeah I really think you do yeah you know I really enjoy this whole thing yeah because he does you know even after that he's like get him get him hit him yes so he's always you know he's almost right in there if he could yep and then um there were several more rounds that went on and they even had a um (laughs) one-eyed Sir Robin Risling who fought with um, Lord Tyrell lost his helmet and kept fighting and they said even though he originally lost that eye from the splintering of yep. um, 
a lance. So he's a crazy motherfucker, basically. Yeah, yeah, That's all there is to it. So it was five years earlier, and then um, it's like, what the hell? And they said, oh, Lionel Baratheon would kind of piss off some of the uh, his opponents because he would fling their crest off their helms up into the stands anytime he won. Yeah, because they were made of, you know, like real valuable, you know, like silver or whatever. Right. So, yeah, that really pissed him off. Yes. And um, so, you know, with all those formidable knights, let's see, Sir Humphrey had beaten 14 of them. Mm-hmm. So he was really, you know, putting on a show. Yeah. And, you know, then, as um, you said earlier, Dunk kind of noticed that Valara was beating old men and jumped up squires. And, yeah. And it said lords of high birth but low skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and like I said, it was pretty much a setup there. Yeah. And then we have a new challenger step in. Prince Arian Bright Flame, son of Makar. Targaryen. Yes. Otherwise known as Fuckface. A prince, yeah. Um, <laughs> he chooses Sir Humphrey. Of course, you know, I mean, let's still choose a guy who's already been in 14 battles. Yeah, he's tired. His horse is probably I mean, really done with this that's shit. That's what I think's kind of shitty with some of this. And while they're charging each other, we got Egg yelling, Kill him, kill him. He's right there. Kill him, kill him, kill him. And, <laughs> and Dunk's really not sure which night eggs, you know, talking about. Uh-huh. But then we have a brutal scene, a George R. R. Martin type scene. And he always is cruel to the horses. Yes, where Arian lowers his lance and then raises it right about right above the breast armor of the horse and right through his neck. Which causes the horse obviously fall and comes down and crushes Sir Humphrey's leg and breaks mm-hmm. it in two places. So, but he's also taken out, and I mean, it's a horse, it's a living creature, it's yeah. dying. But it's you know when they're riding these in tourney, they they cost a lot. Yeah, well, you know, and they are. I mean, they're valuable. They're tournament ready horses. Yes. They, as it kind of goes on, you realize. In the next segment, and I start reading a little bit of it, uh-huh. that these horses know the tournament. It's kind of like you know a dog; they're trained when they right. hear things, they know what to do. Exactly, and, and, so and they're very got, valuable. Yeah, they're valuable. So, and this was done on purpose. Yes, this is obvious. And then you know, at this point, Egg's yelling at Dunk to let him down. The poor horse, let me down. And um, Dunk says, "Yes, it's a terrible sight. You'll see worse m- mishaps." At other tourneys, I fear. And Egg's like, it was no mishap. Arian meant to do it. And But you notice that he's, Egg is calling all these people by their first name. Yes. He's not saying Sir or Prince or... Yeah, and Dunk calls him out at one point. Yeah. And kind of, you know, like, you need to say Sir. And, you know, he's a Prince. You need to be respectful. Yes. And at that point, after the tournament ended, Dunk went and got him a horn of ale. And got a half one for Egg to try to cheer him up. Well, nine-year-old drinking a beer, yeah, that might cheer you up. Um, but, of course, I'm, then again, that young, you may not really like L, but... True. I mean, back in those days, uh, it wasn't like now. I mean, kids would drink, I mean... Well, because their water, their yeah. water was bad. You know, Everybody was pissing in it. Wine <laughs> and, you know, beer. So, yeah. And they would stop and watch the puppet show, which was going on about Nymeria, the war, warrior queen with 10,000 ships. Mm-hmm. Even though they only had two ships, Dunk says they managed a rousing sea battle anyway. <laughs> so, then we got Dunk. <clears throat> He'd heard someone calling Sir Duncan. <laughs> He'd even realize, you know, oh wait, that's me, you know. Not really paying yeah. attention, is he? Yes, and it was a Raymond Fossaway, and he asked Kind of why, you know, what were you doing with the small folk instead of being up there with everybody else? Right. And, you know, Dunk just doesn't want to be up there. He just, it ain't him. So he introduces Egg to Raymond, and they kind of discuss what happened. And um, Raymond says that Lord Ashford gave the win to Sir Humphrey yes. over the prince. 
and gave Sir Humphrey the prince's horse. Yeah, that was Prince Baylor that did that. Yeah, well, they well it was Humphrey um, did it, but they believed that Baylor was behind yeah, it. Behind it, yeah. Which, yes, and it probably was. Yeah, because there's no way he would have done that otherwise. He wouldn't have gone over that line. No, and but Prince Baylor is a little bit different than some of the other royals, you know. Yeah, I'm not. I said Humphrey. I'm in Ashford. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't have done that without no. Baylor's consent. So, and they said that it will go on and continue with four champions instead of five. Right. They weren't gonna. They weren't gonna replace uh, Humphrey. They were just gonna go on. Right. And then Dunk asked who his cousin will pick, and he said Price or Tybalt Lannister. Um, it just says because it'll make him better, you know, fit. And that, that's Stefan. They're well matched. Yeah, yeah, they're well matched. Yeah. And he said something about his cousin keeps a sharp eye and watches every tilt so that, I think, mainly so he can see if there's any flaws he can, right. you know, cash in on. Yeah. And so he asked Dunk to join him for some wine. And um, he says he has a matter to attend to, but Egg knows what it is. And he says he'll get the shield for him. So after after the puppet show, of course you know Egg loves that. But um, at this point, Arian's in a rage at Ashford for giving away his horse, and well, he's so just the, being a bitch. Yeah, you know about it. Yeah, you know, and Dunk's still unsure if he actually meant to kill the horse, and Raymond's like, "Is there any doubt?" Yeah, you know. So I think Dunk obviously has a little bit to learn. So. Yeah, well, he doesn't know any of this stuff. I mean, he's just, he was a squire before. And, yeah. You and, um, you know, Raymond says that if Arian's dad would have been their prince maker, that it would have been different. He says when his dad's not around, he is a total fucking prick. You know, yeah. pretty much is the way you take it. Yeah. And, you know, he's one of those, you know, when... When Daddy's there and he's sees a, him, yeah, he's a good little know, boy. Good little goody two shoes. Yeah, but behind the scenes, he's a fucking little prick. Yeah, he says that Prince Baylor yeah. is an honorable man. Yeah, so. but but Daddy Maker was still looking for the two missing sons, Prince Darren, who they say was probably off drunk, <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. you know, and then Maker's the fourth son of the king. And his own son, sons, they list as Darren being a sot, Arian being cruel and harsh, and or um, yeah, it was cruel. yeah, he was cruel. Yeah, yeah, cruel. And, I was gonna say vile, but I think they said cruel and vain. Yeah. And then third son was sent to be a maester. They don't mention the name, but we but know we who that know who is. It is. I yeah. mean, that plays a part in Game of Thrones, a major yeah. part, Sir Raymond or Maester Raymond. Yeah. And then the youngest, well, there was an interruption before he could say anything about the youngest. Of course, you know, I mean, how much they're really going to know. Right. And the interruption was Egg running in, yelling, Sir Duncan, Sir Duncan, you know. He's hurting her. We have to run. And Dunk's like, well, who's hurting who? And he goes, Arian, the puppet girl, hurry. And so off they go. You know, Raymond tells him, though, that Arian is the... A prince, and he's of the blood, so be careful. Yep. Well, <laughs> that's not dumb. No. I mean, the, it's not. He, he's doing what a knight's supposed to do: take up for, you know, the weak and the innocent, and yeah, everything. So that's they exactly get there. What supposed to be doing. Yeah, they get there, and there's a crowd gathered around the puppeteers and. You know, a couple of the guards that try to stop Dunk. Well, he just kind of knocks them on their ass, and. Um, you got two guards are burning a couple of the puppets, three more guards destroying other puppets, while the, as they list the fat Dornish woman, you know, she was weeping on the ground. And, well, Aaron had ten, is it ten? It's ten cell, I think. Ten cells, you know, he's twisting her arm as she pleaded, then broke um, one of her fingers and that with was a loud, nasty crack. The well, last. That's pretty straw. much all, all Dunk could, you know, do. He said guards tried to grab him, and he went 
They went flying. Yeah, they went flying, and then he grabbed the prince by his shoulder and um, knocked Arian off his feet, slammed his belly with the toe of his boot, and when Arian went for a knife, Dunk stepped on his wrist, kicked him in the mouth, knocked the tooth loose, Yeah. and finally guards were able to swarm him. And then Arian's like, you threw your life away for this whore? Eh, you know. And, and he's pretty pissed because he's got a loose tooth. Well, yes. But, you know, Tansel had a dragon losing in the battle. Well, I mean, dragons at this point went around, so obviously they're dead. Yeah. But he took it as an affront to him because he thinks he's the dragon. They you all know? think they're the dragon, though. Well, yeah, Especially their... He, he reminds you of the Saris. Yes. A lot. Yes. Um, you know, the one who got the golden crown. So he tells the guard, you know, you know hold him there. We're going to break out his teeth. And, you know, then let's open him up and show him the color of his entrails. Well, then you hear a boy's voice. And says, no, don't hurt him. <laughs> you know, Dunk's like, tells him, hold your tongue, stupid boy. Run away. Or they'll hurt you. And Egg's like, no, they won't. Or they'll have to answer to my father and my uncle as well. And so said, let go of him, I said. Do as I say. And he names these guards by their by names. By their names, yes. Mm-hmm. And Dunk is just totally confused as they let him go. <laughs> and, you know, they backed off. One even knelt. And the Fossilways had shown up with other men wearing the red apple badge. And, well, you know... Then the Prince Arian's pretty pissed. Yeah, he um, calls him... An impudent little, little wretch. Wretch. Yeah, wretch. And what? And asks what happened to his hair. His hair and, you know, oh. Egg's like, I cut it off, brother. I didn't want to look, look like, like you. you. And that pretty much wraps up that little segment of the book. Um, like I said, I really wish this is with the story they would turn yeah. into one of the shows. Yeah. Um, hopefully, since they're doing four... This will become one of them. It's not supposed to be. I know, but there's hope. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be, because it pretty much will lead you into the Game of Thrones. Well, I think they were trying to stay away from stuff that was that was so close to the timeline of Game of Thrones, supposedly. Yeah. We'll see. Because, you know, I don't... I, can't, I, I mean, can't this remember. is still a good 70 years, maybe, before, because Maester Eamon... At this point, obviously, would have probably been a teenager. Yeah, probably so. Or close to it. And, I, and he was quite old in Game of Thrones. So, I mean, this... I don't know why they just couldn't... They could still stay away. I mean, obviously, this stays away from the whole Robert's Rebellion shit. Yeah, yeah. So, this doesn't lead into any of that. Yeah. So, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't want to go with it. Of course, there's nothing... I don't know if there's anything that's spectacular except that it's really written for enjoyment more than, you know, um, some of the other. I love Game of Thrones, but this was easier to read. Um, yeah, we mentioned that last time. Yeah, and I think it's just more for enjoyment. It's just a little bit of, you know, this small timeline. Yeah, and not focusing on so many different characters and obscure characters right and and all the the stuff that goes behind the scenes all the sneaking the around shit. Yeah. although there obviously there's a little bit of probably some political well, stuff that will happen in here but not as much yeah it just seems like there's a lot possibly a lot going on between Makar and Baylor you know right. because they're brothers and and I, it seems like it's more in the royal families than you know no, than anything. Is, That's because... Nice. But, you know, I think Makar is so far down the line that, you know... Oh, at yeah. this point, right. at this timeline, that's, you know... That's just how it goes. Yeah. You don't think that, it, you know, him getting thrown is a possibility. No. All right. Well, that'll kind of wrap that part up. We'll do a little bit of some TV stuff. We finished the last five episodes of Arrow... Yeah. For the season, which all these CW shows, and I don't think Black Lightning had it, but the um, damn it, what's the name of the character? The Monitor. Oh, okay. Has shown up. Yeah. Which is going to lead into the, all the crossovers this coming fall, but 
in Arrow, since they were kind of running two timelines, yeah. he showed up in both, which is crazy to me because, you know, the run this shit runs through mm-hmm. separate Earths. It's going to be, what, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Right. But, so is there some time travel involved here, too, which would bring the Legends into it, obviously, since they can do all the time traveling parts. And Flash. <clears throat> right. But I just thought... You know, it was kind of weird when the, with the Flash Four that he showed up there too, because I would have assumed it would have all been happening in one timeline. Yeah, it is really kind of strange. No, the talk is Black Lightning is going to be brought into this crossover, which I can't wait. I think that'll be interesting. But like I said I just don't remember seeing the Monitor I during that. I might have call. to rewatch that last episode just to see. Yeah, because it's. Usually pretty close Something to the end, popped isn't up. it? Yeah, well, it's it's been the last episode in all of them, but mm-hmm. Flash, but that's because the reverse Flash is involved in this whole thing, so I guess they didn't need Monitor. Right. So, but no, it, it was pretty good finale. A lot of ass-kicking, a lot of women doing a lot of ass-kicking. Yeah. yeah, there was lots. So, and then we watched Fleabag. Um, well. Thought we were watching <laughs> season one. Uh, Amazon Prime, I do not like their interface. It, I thought it was on season one when I went into Fleabag, and somehow I we start on season two. And I didn't realize that until five episodes in, and since there's only six, it's like, well, and then they're short. They're only 25 minutes. It's easy fucking watch. Fucking funny as it, shit. It is. And I don't, you know, like I said, we didn't realize it until because... The very first episode... Just had flashback kind of stuff. There was flashback stuff, but you don't really realize it's from the first season. You're just thinking maybe it's through her life. Right. Because... It did feel that way. It talks about, you know... She mentions her friend, who's... Spoiler. Who's dead. So, the way they worked it in there, it was almost just like she was thinking about her once in a while. So, Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily... had to have been a story point. Right. But apparently it probably was in season one, which we'll find out. When we watch season probably one. Probably over this weekend. And, of course, this next week we will have something else to binge, too. Starting July 4th. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things. Stranger Things season three. Yeah, you'll have to binge it or else everybody will tell you what the hell yeah, happened. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to get that all fucking ruined for you. So hopefully it'll be phenomenal. I heard there was a... Another trailer for it, but um, when they kind of talked about it, I was like, I don't want to see it because I don't want too much information to what the monsters or creatures or what they're fighting is. Right, you this know, time. What they look like or any of that stuff. What's going on there? I know it, a lot of it takes place in a mall. I mean, this is the 80s. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, malls right. were the fucking thing. Yes, now they it's were. Strip malls. Yeah, which I don't get, but whatever. Yeah, it's odd. I, I think just because the different stores have gone different route. I don't know. I don't know if rent was higher the other way, being in that great big complex. I I don't know. I There's mean, just I not think, that many left. No, but we functional. still have a fairly functional one, you know, yeah, in our do. area, the yeah. Independence Center, but now I don't know if they call it the Independence Mall. I don't know. I don't think but so. It's... <laughs> It's Simon yeah. is the company that owns it and runs yeah. it, but it seems to still be doing fairly well. You know, I mean, it's great, especially in wintertime. You want to do shopping, you go in, yeah. you walk around, you got all your fucking stores there. You got Food Mart? No, yeah, I don't know why here. they crashed so heavily, because it really is kind of a simple thing, and you know, for people that like to walk, it's a great place to go walk mm. in inclement weather. Yeah. So. Instead of walking through Walmart, woohoo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we have yeah. those too. <laughs> Nothing great there. And then we cut up on iZombie. The last one was mm-hmm. the car salesman. That was a pretty good episode yeah, since Liv was... and her boss Robbie both were on the same brain. Yep. And trying to outdo each other by selling oh. raffle tickets. They are crazy though. Yeah. Chewing on toothpick and just their back and forth. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna miss this show when it's gone. Yeah, it's a really good show. It's got its humor and it's got a little bit of a lot of things. Yeah, it's got Doesn't, some heartfelt stuff. Yeah, it does. But it's just the whole the whole concept. I think's been really good. And, oh, what are we gonna do? 
I don't know. You know, I mean, there won't be really a good show like that to replace it, especially since Santa Clarita Diet apparently it's, got canned after yeah. the third season. So that's not... Another great zombie yeah. comedy, you know. It's nice to have a few of the zombie well, comedies. And both the comedies, though, I mean, well, they didn't go the violent way constantly. It right. wasn't zombies going around just eating everything in front of them. Well, especially in iZombie, you don't get a whole lot of that. No, you don't get a lot. I mean, they, they have, keep it controlled. They got Fillmore Graves to keep the zombies and, under control as best they can. Right, and bring in brain <clears throat> right, tubes. Brain tubes, yeah. <laughs> Which sound like they're just um, kind uh, of watered-down brains. It sounds like uh, brain toothpaste. Yeah. Is what it sounds. Or uh, well, like a gogurt. Yeah, gogurt. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Which ugh. and then we've seen the last two episodes now of um, the one hundred, which That's fabulous. The, yeah, that previous episode I thought was a pretty. Uh, let's see, good episode, and maybe they kind of went on the edge there by just focusing kind of on one person the whole episode with it Clark even though it was actually two people because yep. they're you know Josephine who has taken over Clark's body yeah and the Clark, but Clark is still alive inside her and that was the main focus of the episode so I think it was a pretty gutsy call to do something like that oh, yeah. such a too. you know main focus just on that one person. Well, you're starting to find peop out people's secrets a little bit more, too. Now. Sure. They're starting to come out a little bit. I mean, Clark is the main person. Yeah, but still, she is. I mean, they, there's, they've always focused around everybody else, too. Right. But I do like that we're starting to find out the other group's secrets a little bit. Yeah, here and that there. was in yeah the last episode we just yeah. watched last night. So, yeah, it's it's a really good show, though. I mean, yeah. it's well done and everything. And Maddie started stepping up doing what I thought she was going to do. And oh, yeah, she did. She yep. definitely did. She's Poking going, people with a knife. Yeah, she's going <laughs> after it on her own. She killed off a couple of the primes, and then she's ready to get some more. But they already know there's other stuff going on with Clark or Clark's body and... Bellamy, and so shit's hitting the fan, and they're all congregating together. But doesn't deter Maddie, but someone tries to stop her, and it's not good. No, it's the wrong person to yeah. stop her. He just doesn't, you know. And then we have the other outsiders with Gabriel. We find out who Gabriel is. Yeah, well, you yeah figure out which person is kind of thought he might have been but not really sure well when you see his neck you find out yeah. really quickly since and he's got Dioza can't wait to see what the fuck happened to her and she went into the anomaly mm, yeah she didn't come back out no she didn't come back out like Octavia did yeah you know fully intact again her armor fixed it's been repaired some, yeah. some way yeah but Dioza having the vision of a little girl so I really want to know if that was like a daughter she'd had years ago if maybe it was her or if it's you know, I she's pregnant now if it's a she future thinks, scene of yeah, her daughter what she thinks that four or five years old that girl's or that baby's <clears throat> gonna be yeah yeah so but yeah. it's a really good show I mean it has a lot to it. It's, it's a lot like Game of Thrones. They don't, it has a lot. They'll kill people off, and yep. there's, you know, kind of political intrigue, but it's usually more violence with their politics. You know, there, yeah. there ain't as much messing around. Well, and it, it literally is life and death in a lot of cases. If they don't do something, they die. I mean, yep. they have to make these decisions, and sometimes they're pretty quickly. They don't have a choice. And then um, we watched an animated movie, Japanese animated movie, Your Name. That's really... Which you really I did enjoy. It. Yeah, and um, apparently the director is doing a live action remake, which I am very interested in seeing how they do that. <laughs> you just want to see the booby scene. And the booby scene will be <laughs> hilarious as they were in this. Uh, it's about, you know, 
two teenagers, a boy and a girl, and at um, one point they'd kind of crossed paths, and she was going, couldn't get her name off to him, but she ended up giving him like a hair ribbon at one point, and so he wore that. Well, it starts, um, well, at one point she says if she ever dies, she wished to come back as a Tokyo rich boy or city boy, and... Well, at the point, you don't know this, so spoilers. I mean, if you like Japanese animation, watch this. You'll love it. It is but fabulous. She, they start switching bodies. Uh, at, while they're sleeping. While, right, they're sleeping, and then they wake up. And the first one they show is her waking up, well, what you think's her. Right. And it's him looking around, like, what the hell? And looks down. But they, they kept focusing on her chest you know through like from above so you you're think looking it's more down like cleavage top. yeah right and i'm like why the fuck do they keep focusing on this this is kind of odd it's a <laughs> little you know made me feel kind of weird here <laughs> and then it's like oh and you see the hand just start grabbing the boobies and squishing them and her little sister walks in you know just kind of freaking out what are you doing <laughs> and he's just Going to town. But you don't know. At that point, right. That, until a little yeah. bit later. And so as they're going in and out of each other's bodies all this time, they start kind of screwing around with each other's lives. A lot. Kind of messing yeah. them up. And then they realize, wait, we need to do something about this. So they start leaving each other messages to what's going on and, you know, things they've had set up. Yeah, because the boy had, he did a lot of stuff on his calendar on his phone. Right. So she. She, she would, would put she would mess with his calendar. Oh, yeah, she'd do that too. <laughs> she messed with his love life. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, the recurring part with him waking up and grabbing the boobies. Well, boobies. <laughs> Every time her, her little sister would just like, what is it with you and the boobies? You know? <laughs> Are you playing with your boobies again? And just <laughs> going back and forth on that. But He got caught, <clears throat> though. Yeah, pretty much every time. And um, so you... As it goes along, you realize that at this point she's probably actually dead. Right. But so when she made that thing, I wish I'd come back. Well, that's kind of what happens apparently. But you find out, yeah, the long way around that the he he's trying to go find her at the city. He finally he's been he's been drawing it, and someone recognizes it. And, you know, he's drawn it through his dreams and tells him where it is. Well, then they find out it had been destroyed like three years prior by a meteor. Yeah. And he's like, well, this can't be. Yeah. Because yeah, he had just, you know, they had just exchanged bodies. Yeah. And so they were tethered, tethered by that, you know, hair tie. Right. Because he always wore it around his wrist. And so he goes to find where um, this little, and we'll just call it a little temple. Yeah. And they kind of, in a way, meet, cross, realize each other's there, but they can't really kind of communicate. So, no. But they find a way to, to, and he's talking to her and, you know, lets her know that she's going to die. So she goes back. And is able to find a way to save the city. Yeah, so the city still gets destroyed, but she saves but the people. They save the people, right? That's what I meant. Yeah, not necessarily save the city, but save the people. Yeah, and it, it was a big deal because yeah. it wasn't easy. No. I mean, it was her and some friends, but trying to convince people. Right, what was going to happen? What was going to happen? I mean, people didn't believe them. Yeah. So. And, but they they found ways to kind of force them to. At least evacuate and head to the school, which and survived was, yeah. the explosion. All they had to do was go to the school, and they were far enough away, and he had told her that information. Yes. If they could get to the school, they'll be all they'll fine. Be yeah. So nobody died. A few people, I think, were injured, mm -hmm. but they did. They were able to save the city. So there's kind of like a, I want to call it a time travel aspect, but in a way, yeah. But, it, but they still don't know each other's names. No, they don't. And, and she wrote it on, or he wrote it on... Well, they were on, trying to write it. He, yeah, he wrote it on her hand, 
and she never got a chance to write it on his hand. Yeah. And the witching hour was over. Right. And so when the witching hour was over, they could no longer communicate between the living and the dead at that yeah. point. So I don't... I mean, did you realize how many years had gone by before they... I think there was... Caught on? I think it was a total of five. Well, between... It was like three years that it, this the, city had been destroyed, or the people, and most of the city. But... But I, I don't know if I got the timeline when, between that point and when, when they, they finally met, met up again. Yeah, met in Tokyo, kind of cross paths. They just, they kind of... They it was were a sensing something. Kind of yeah, because they, they had... Technically, in a way, forgotten. They have forgotten, but... Because it, it just all dissipated the whole... I mean, their names. They didn't know each other's no. names anymore. Or and really or he, I don't know if he ever really, really knew her name. Well, he did. Well, yeah, they knew yeah, each other's names at true. one point because they were but they had, each other's bodies. They had kept forgetting at that point. Right. And I think the only time... Well, he had heard that the voices of that one couple, and they had been friends... Right. When he had been the girl. Yeah. And so that's kind of what started tipping him off, and he kind of followed them, and uh, so... Then they kind of passed each other on staircase, because he was chasing after her, and she'd gotten off of the... They'd seen each other on different subways. Yeah. Going... So there were different subways, and they had seen each other, and it was... Completely. But when they passed at first, you'd think, oh, they're just going to go ahead and keep passing. And they stop and realize that and he still had the hair, the hair tie. tie. So it really, it was another phenomenal. I mean, most of these, if you get a lot of these Japanese animation, it's, they're really good. Yeah, they are. And they're totally different than our animation. They're kind of funny and crazy. Yeah, but it's just a different way of looking at things. Yeah. Really. So, but the director is Makoto Shinkai, and like I said they're talking about doing a live action remake, and he's the one who's going to do it. So. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully they'll get that underway. I'll definitely watch it to you know do a comparison. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Though it's hard to say how long it would take. You know, to adapt that to... Well, I don't it, think it'd be that difficult. No, because there's not really going to have to be a whole lot of special effects. I mean, there's not dragons and all that stuff. It's just a human story. More than anything. It, I mean, the comet and the meteor, I should say, and, and the meteorite that falls off of it. Right. That's going to be the biggest effects and the explosions or whatever. Yeah, I don't think there's, there would be a whole lot. The witching arrow part, and that's... Yeah, you know, kind of the ghostly right. kind of scenes. So, I don't know. I'm very looking forward to that one. Um, then we saw Toy Story 4 yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, we won't go into too much detail about that right now. We'll kind of keep this spoiler free. But um, if you do go see it, stay all the way through the credits. There's a good payoff at the very, very end. I'm talking the very fucking end of the credits when the Pixar scene comes. The, the all the way. Pixar, yeah. Um, their logo comes up. You need to stay through the whole credits. Halfway through the credits, there's a couple of scenes anyway. Right. So after the mid-credits scene, you won't have that much longer to wait for the very end. And it, it's really worth the payoff, if you ask me. It is. To sit it there is. through it all. And it was a very enjoyable movie. They did a great job of um, coming up with something kind of new. Yeah. And then, you know, you have all these new characters, plus you get a returning character. Right. So, so, it, I would highly recommend it. I mean, if you like the other Toy Stories, you're going to like this one just as well. I, I don't see how you want it. I don't know. I mean, the effects are better. I would not recommend going to the grand screen in Lee Summit Longview 7 because they have these red lights behind speakers, which are great because they don't fuck with your eyes as much as other lights to see the thing. But then they also had some in the middle up on the in the ceiling and these things were showing all over the fucking screen just kept taking and drawing my eyes off of it and flooding out you know such a colorful movie with a lot of red I mean it took up a big portion of the screen it did because I took a picture at the end during the credits and the backdrop of the credits was in red and you could still see this bright fucking red on top of the red just taking up 
by the time you broke it down, it probably would have been at least a quarter of the screen. It was on both sides, the middle up, and then across the top. Right. And like I said, we're talking the grand screen, so it's what six stories wide, four stories tall. I think they listed yeah. it as. Yeah. And like I said probably at least a quarter of it was fucking in this bright red. And I didn't get much of a response in my email. They gained my points for my backstage pass things. I forgot to give my phone number for that, but oh, that was about it. You know, we're sorry. You should have went and told someone. We could have had that fixed in no time. Well, I shouldn't have to go tell anybody anything. Someone should have fucking noticed that, but then again, like I told you, they don't put people in the fucking up in the um, projector anymore nope. because it's so all done digitally. Everything's animated or automated. Yeah. So it's like, you know, why the fuck am I going to get up in the fucking movie and miss some of it, not realizing that, you know, this shit ain't going to go off or anything right. else. So, whatever. Oh boy, I got my points. <laughs> you at least get me free tickets. I mean, shit, that one time they give us free tickets because they couldn't get the trailers and shit started on time. Yeah. And they were tickets even for the 40X. Which is pretty so, cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. It was still a good movie. I did enjoy it. And then a um, few beers we've had lately. Um, you haven't had too much, I don't think, recently new. No, just the one you had tonight, and that's been a new one, really, pretty much right, for me. Right, the Fruitlands, yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned that, you liked it a lot. Yeah, we just mm-hmm. had gotten modern times in this past week in Kansas City area, and so the three that they were carrying at Hy-Vee, I picked up a four-pack, 16-ouncers of each one of them. Um, so I'll start with the first one, which was Orderville. It's um, <clears throat> 7.2% IPA. Kind of a hazy orange, so you know it's more of a haze brow, so kind of more along the New England style, I guess. And um, the nose was kind of piney and citrus, taste was citrus, juicy, and it was a nice, thick mouthfeel. It wasn't, you know, like that one I'd mentioned from Toppling Goliath, which felt like, you know, it, it, it was something was added. Yeah, it was like a artificial thickness or some right. shit. This here had a good thick mouthfeel. I gave that one four and a quarter. And then the other one, besides the Fruitlands I talked about earlier, was um, Black House, which is just a coffee stout, 5.8 percenter. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's a good coffee stout. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything outstanding. I gave it a four. You know, in the nose you got the coffee and some roast. And the taste was like a real smooth coffee. It wasn't like a bitter, you know, kind of what you'd call maybe a green, green, not a green bean, green bean, but you know, a green right. coffee green bean. Green coffee bean, yeah. Um, flavor where it's kind of really bitter. This one almost maybe like it had a bit of cream added, so it was really smooth. And then there was um, just a hint of the roast, so I kind of like that because I don't like my beers too roasty. That gets a little too much. Mm. So this here was really smooth, like I said, but it was nothing still outstanding and then the other kind of big one i had was the avery plank which is 16.2 percent rum rum aged porter and whoo but the thing was with it being that high of a alcohol content you didn't notice that right i mean you did it didn't come off in a burn you i mean you got the rum but you didn't really get you know a real burn from the alcohol so I said it's called Planked because it's kind of like a pirate thing. It was P-L-A-N-K and then apostrophe D. And so it was coconut and rum. And you got quite a bit of um, hints of the coconut and a lot of chocolate too, which kind of surprised me. And like I said, it was really smooth for that high of an alcohol content. So, But I only gave it a four because... Uh, while it was good, it wasn't really great either. It wasn't fabulous. Right. It wasn't as good as I would have expected. Right. You know, I mean, I kind of expect a little more of the coconut. I've had ones that are more mounds. I expected it to come off as a boozy mounds or something. Right. And it wasn't quite there. So it was good, but it's also at that high of alcohol. These are the special bottles that Avery does. They're 12 ounces with the gold foil and... 
It'll cost you 13 to 14 bucks for a 12 ounce bottle. Now, when this one was 13, I picked up at BD's Mongolian Grill here in Independence. It's one of, if not the only one, I think that maybe has a tap room of the BD's and it's got, you know, like 50 beers on tap and then they got a little beer fridge and that's where I bought this bottle at because I had not seen this one in the stores and when I read it, it's like, oh, that sounds really fucking good. So, and then we made, I think, only one brewery stop since last time we went into Windshift before we went and played oh, some yeah. Dungeons and Dragons over one of my buddies last weekend. First time I've played that since the 80s. Yeah. And I didn't remember a goddamn thing, but it was fun. Just remember there was dice involved. Yep, <laughs> lots of dice. And I had the Mike Crowburst Jr., which for a junior, I was first thinking session IPA, and I was mm -hmm. reading about it. I was like, well, that ain't no session. It's 6.8%. That's standard IPA. And I really enjoyed this one. I gave it a four and a half. And um, it had the, the four main hops were Crystal Chinook, um, Centennial, and Cascade. He called it, what, the C, like a student, oh. you know, okay. in, in the description. And then it was also dry hopped with Mosaic. And it had a real kind of a melon flavor. You got a little bit of sweetness, and then it had a nice hoppy bitter finish that I really liked you know not not overly bitter not something that regular I'm not gonna call I'm gonna call myself unregular because I really like that high fucking bitterness I saw one the other day listed somewhere that I really wanted because it said 150 IBUs yeah, which is international bittering that. unit and boy I really wanted that beer I don't remember where the fuck it was at but it sounded really good but yeah that one, that one was really nice then you had the chase on which you've it's, had before. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah. I enjoy that one. Yeah, so I think we've talked about that one because it's a sour saison. And I'm not a saison person. No. And so it's got a whole different kind of feel and motif with it. You get just a very light of that saison feel. The, the rest of it comes through really nice. Yeah, I think that's a... You did a really good job on that one. Yeah. Like I said, because you took... Something like a saison and made it so different. Right. So that that is a good you know good way to look at it though. Yeah. But I think that will wrap up tonight's episode. So we can be reached at thrownofbeer at gmail dot com or thrownofbeer on Twitter and Facebook. And I'm M Connor six 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 on Untapped and she's MC Vampire. And so if you want to hit us up there, see what the fuck we're drinking, and we can see what the fuck you're drinking. <laughs> so anyway, I'm Mark. I'm Michelle. And good night.